Hello and welcome to season four of Talking Tropes, where we break down writing cliches in all your favorite media. I'm David. And I'm Hannah. And who boy, do we have a kicker for you today. Yeah, Guys, a, so anticipated. A big, old, a big old recap of everyone's favorite blockbuster, Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. you know... There was a little uh, mix-up, you know. I tried to watch Tom and Jerry, uh, but instead I got uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, so... Uh, That's so guess... weird that you say that, David, because the exact same thing happened to me. Uh, I tried well, I guess to we should just the... roll with it, with this okay. totally unanticipated conflict. So what, what, <laughs> what about the... Uh, what's the discourse that you've been seeing so far about uh, the Snyder cut? Because I think, you know... We're, we're going to try and say things that are our personal opinions. We're not going to be objective here. We're going to be very subjective. Yes. Uh, but, but I want to kind of address, like, what is the room that we're entering? Like, what is the chaos? I mean, here's the thing. I don't really know um, because <laughs> I'm, I'm entering into this as a bewildered outsider. Right. Because the only DCEU film that I have watched is Wonder Woman. And that's it. I have watched zero of the other ones. Mm. Um, and so, I, like, I had zero context going into this, and I, sure. in fact, watched, um, you know, we watched both cuts, but <laughs> I watched Snyder's cut first, because it was clearly superior, of course, <laughs> you know. the You, you want to watch the definitive first so you can slam dunk the other one. Um, but it was an interesting watching experience. So I feel like I'm coming in very backwards to where yeah, everyone else is. I, I think discourse. you are. And I, and I wonder to what extent that that has on your perception of, of both films. Uh, yeah. but you know, I'm coming into this, I I've watched all of the DCEU films, a lot of them more recently now that they've all come on to, to HBO max. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll say my favorite is birds of prey. Close second is Aquaman. So basically the two <laughs> sides of the Bechdel test sort of reflecting each other like uh, like a distorted funhouse mirror. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I really like the campy upbeatness of, of, uh, of Birds of Prey. I also really like the, the Lord of the Rings scale of, uh, of Aquaman and also his bro-y douchey stupidness is uh, like a lot of fun as sort of a, a departure from the self-serious Batman and Superman. Um, but, uh, but I also do have sort of a soft spot for, for some of the grim, dark DCEU fare. I've watched, you know, the regular cut and the extended cut of Batman V Superman as well. Damn. And I've, I've gone in and counted how many horses there are and how many, Horse shots got added in the extended cut because we know Zach he love he love his horses. He loves a horse. <laughs> um, so a horse you know, I I didn't see the original Justice League in theaters, but I have seen it, and I, now I've seen this new cut, and uh, I think I I probably have a lot of similar opinions to a lot of the uh, uh, tweets that I've seen, just that uh, you know. The theatrical cut is short, it's watchable, it's consumable in a normal cinematic format, but it is a a Frankenstein's monster of a film, and none of the parts work with each other, and you can see all the seams where they tried to sew these two different films together. 
and that the the uh, the total excess of the Snyder Cut uh, and the like singularly unique vision of Zack Snyder at least makes it more palatable to me, uh, despite its excessive length. I think the excess is sort of what you're coming for in this case. Fascinating. <laughs> so I guess I am on the exact opposite side of the discourse then. Because <laughs> honestly, after watching the Snyder Cut, watching the original Justice League felt like a breath of fresh air. Like it was like, oh my God, thank you. This is like bearable. Well, so do you think that's mainly just the length or do you think that the added scenes, because now you can clearly identify which scenes were added, reshot to shoehorn in jokes and, and subplots. Do you think that so, those, those okay. additions are, are useful for, for the story? Do they help? Um, like sometimes no, sometimes yes is my takeaway. Sure. Like, there were moments where I thought, yeah, this works and this is fine. And other moments where I'm like, this is stupid. This also could have been left on the cutting room floor. What, what do, you, do you think that you can say like what your favorite addition was or, or your favorite, maybe just we should say our favorite unique scenes to each cut? Um, uh, I, I significantly prefer the Flash and the entirety of the Flash's storyline uh, in in the original Justice League to the Snyder Cut. And I think that's also true of um, Cyborg's storyline. Really? Because uh, Cyborg's yes. storyline is, is cut down significantly, which I can see yes. as a positive just in terms of its, you know, its sheer length and its, you know, how one could get bored while watching it. But uh, I, I do find that, like, um, and, and there have been some accusations... Uh, f uh, from Cyborg's actor, uh, Ray Fisher, and from a lot of his Twitter followers, that it was sort of, you know, racial, like how how so much of his subplot is cut down and just sliced to hell. But also sliced so much hell. of, a lot of Barry's is too. Like, you know, there's a whole extra scene yeah. in the Snyder Cut. Yeah, that, it's true. Like, but the the fact that, like, his the through line for both of those is that when you have the scene with with Barry, there is a a person of color in that scene who is then removed entirely, and then for uh, for Cyborg's storyline, his father is nearly removed entirely. Uh, but I think it's a. I, I mean. Maybe it is unfair. Like, like I don't want to invalidate his experience. Sure. And, you know, if he feels that something was racially motivated, it's very possible that it was. I will say from a writing standpoint, I found a lot of the tropes and cliches that Snyder was leaning on to make the cyborg story work to be really tiresome and dull. And that I much preferred the similar arc, but like, the expediency and the lack of um, just like just dragging through all these tropes that I hate basically is what okay. Zack Snyder did and do, the original doesn't. Do you want to start by exploring the cyborg uh, storyline or would you rather start from the beginning of, of both the uh, films? 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I almost want to go through semi-chronologically, right. if possible. Let's, let's jump um, right into that, because that will yeah. take almost the entire rest of this podcast. Uh, and of course, you know, we'll, we'll only record like a one or two hour version of this, but, but of course be prepared for the four hour cut that will come (laughs) in 2025. (laughs) Apologies to Logan in advance. Um, Okay. But don't um, worry, there'll be a lot of (laughs) re-records. Okay. So I think we can both agree that the prologues to both films are absolute dog shit <laughs> and in very different ways, but in, in, well, okay. Maybe, maybe we disagree, but I'll say, okay. The prologue to the Snyder cut is the excruciatingly long sh- scream heard around the world scene where, it's uh, so long. where Superman is, well, it, it opens in like, you can't even tell what's going on world. <laughs> okay, that's so. This is where it starts for me, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Is like I am coming in as someone who knows nothing. Like this is the person that you know. Like everyone's like the Snyder Cut would have made so much more money. Like <laughs> it wouldn't have just been the diehard fans. Everyone would have been showing up to it. Like this is me. This is who they're trying to potentially draw in. You know, with their Avengers like original team up. Okay. Um. Which I also saw, having never seen any of the other Marvel, like, films prior. Um, Avengers hooked me. This confused the fuck out of me if I'm watching Zack Snyder's version. Right. I was well, like, it's more okay, a part so, of his like, vision even... of a unified DCEU that is singularly right, his but vision. He, he doesn't understand. That's fine if it's singularly your vision. Whatever, dude. <laughs> But, like, you need to make each installment of your movie franchise, and especially the big one that's uniting all of the people who might not have cared about individuals but wants to see everyone together, like, that needs to be immediately accessible to, like, the man off the street. And Or, it or the alternative is make the make it immediately make you realize that you have to go watch all the other things in order to get the context so that you can sell more tickets. But it's like that uh, with tickets. every scene. It's like that with every scene. And well, I, I, I that's the terrible. only scene that uh, that that's that requires like extensive context because everything else is either referencing the comics or just referencing itself, you know, or either referencing way, future movies. So sure, I mean it may have felt all... like you were totally out of the loop for the whole thing. But let me tell you, the only real context for this movie that is needed is that Batman is responsible for Superman's death in that first scene. And that's it. Right. Which is unclear visually until, like, the very end. Like, I had no idea what was happening. Right. Until, uh, and, and like, he... it zoomed out. And I still wasn't sure. I was like, did Superman lose? Did Superman die? Like, I literally knew nothing, David. Right. Whereas in the... Uh, in the Whedon cut, that information is revealed, which is a cliche, you must admit, on a newspaper. <laughs> newspaper, uh, sure. but Superman like, dead. <laughs> Whatever. That's fine. Just get it over with. Right. You're not trying to... We don't need to belabor this fucking point, which, like, they do again anyway right. later. But I, like I, the... was, I was going to say that, like, while I will for sure say that that opening scene of, of the Snyder cut with... 
Superman shouting so loud that everyone on Earth can hear him from Amber Heard to uh, <laughs> to uh, Ray Ray Fisher to uh, to uh, even Cyborg's mother box. Even Jesse Eisenberg can hear him while he's uh, looking at a big CGI uh, Steppenwolf gathering boxes. Yeah, did- didn't understand what that was. Right, but nobody's why. supposed to, is the point. Uh, in that scene, you know Jesse Eisenberg, or maybe you don't know Jesse Eisenberg, is Lex Luthor. Well, uh, I know that. So I knew he was Lex Luthor. So he's, he's for, like, he, this is a scene no one's seen before. He's just standing in a puddle looking at, uh, looking at a thing. <laughs> and you don't find out what it is until later in the movie. <laughs> Wait, when in the movie did they explain what that is, though? It was Steppenwolf. It's a, it's like a, it's like a CGI Steppenwolf that he's looking at. Uh, right, but they don't explain why Lex Luthor saw it or was there or was doing anything. Oh right. Well, I guess that was in a previous film. That was he's the guy who made that monster that killed Superman, and he made oh. it in that ship, which was Zod's ship from Man of Steel. So Got it. that's incorporating all three movies into a scene. So sorry if that was. Uh, confusing for you hannah but it's snyder's it vision okay great um, i'm glad it's his vision so I'll, I'll admit that that is a ridiculously silly and extremely drawn out like cut this shit down please uh scene what what a lot of fans have been responding to is that well that scene makes it all make sense why the boxes wake up which is i think a stupid point because the boxes could just wake up. Why why does it matter that they're waking up because of his shouting, like a Kryptonian Also, you could literally just have that as a line somewhere. Like, when Superman died, we had, like, some crazy resonance. Yeah, but it's... I guess it's it's difficult to to represent that visually. So they like that he shouts, and you see the shout pass through the boxes. <laughs> Although Next. The, the in the uh in the Whedon cut instead it opens with the the, the uh, Spider-Man homecoming thing where uh Superman is on somebody's Instagram video. Yeah, I mean that's not good. It's bad. It's very <laughs> awkward. And then it goes into a scene that uh, was also not in the Snyder cut at all where Batman is just hanging out on rooftops trying to tackle aliens. I don't know. This Batman scene was, like, way more, like, it felt like Batman. (laughs) Like, it was fun, and I was like, ooh, he's doing the, like, jumping from shadow to shadow shit. Like, that's what I want from Batman. I don't know. I I found it to be an incredibly awkward scene with, with weird, tonally dissonant humor with this burglar guy who's, like, Hey, you, you, you think that maybe these bugs are here because Superman's dead? What's up with that? Gabagool. And then, uh, you know, the weird scene where, where Batman is flying around the city on the back of this bug, which you don't know what it is because it hasn't been, like, introduced in any way. And then it just yeah. crash lands right back where it started for some reason. And uh, I guess it's setting up the thing with the siren for like an hour or two later in the movie that sirens distract the bug for some reason. Hmm. So sure. I, I don't know. I, think it's it was kind fine. Of I didn't care. It was already faster and better and didn't drag on for 30 million years. <laughs> so like great. 
Um, the fear they can smell at line was definitely dumb. Um, but I, I don't know, call me dumb, but I kind of liked that, like, the, the get the little ironic twist right. at the end. Uh, then, uh, in the, in the Snyder cut, before the, uh, the, you know, as the credits roll, we're getting Batman walking through Iceland on a horse, but they wanted to use every single helicopter shot that they shot. It's not even helicopter shots, it's a fucking drone. Uh, I, I, I don't actually know if that's the case. I don't know if, <laughs> if drones can fly that high. Uh. Why not? Point being... It's, uh, I guess it, they wanted to get their money's worth for whatever they paid to get those shots from the sky. I, I think they're helicopters. I, knowing okay. Hollywood. Okay. But I don't know for sure. Um, and while the credits roll in the, <laughs> in the Whedon cut, we have a scene which to me feels very Snydery. The, the montage yeah, it's very Snydery. It's and it's goofy weird. and it's funny and it's out there. Like, it's like so grim, dark, and depressing that it, like, you know, becomes camp where you have, like, the criminal kicking over apple carts and, like, then getting arrested. And, like, the music is like, everybody knows that the cops are bad. I everybody mean, knows <laughs> that apple carts get kicked over. <laughs> I mean, the music's very on the nose, but at least it, like, makes any kind of tonal sense compared to the musical choices, like, the all the pop songs that uh, Snyder chooses to use. I, I like the are... musical choices that Snyder uses, too. Oh, I think I, they're just I as goofy. Them. I think they're just as as bizarre, um, dramatic, no, I think they're, mellow, I think they're mellow worse, dramatic, personally. even. I, I like them. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, it also has a bunch but of I scenes like that in the Snyder Cut come much later of, you know, Lois Lane reaching over on her bed to the pillow. Such a cliched shot to to know that Superman is no longer in her bed. Uh, but, you know, I think that cliche works in, in both versions. I, I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we, we also find out in both versions uh, that the the... The uh, the farm, the the Smallville Kent farm has been foreclosed by the big banks. But I like this because it happens so much sooner in the movie that it just like, I don't know. It's like, and it's yes, just done in like, like a quick the... shot. It's not setting right. anything up really in yeah. this version. <laughs> it comes back it's at fine. the end, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But like in the uh, Snyder Cut, it's setting up the the whole Martha Kent dynamic, uh, you know. Kind of, but, like, not really, because it's not even her later. Right. Oh, here's a little thing. When they're waking up the boxes, uh, yeah. in the Snyder Cut, th there, there's a bunch of Amazons in, like, this temple all surrounding the box, and they've all got their, you know, swords and shields up, and then the box, like, activates, and they all go, Hoo! Like, they're all like, oh, mm -hmm. now we're getting ready. But why were they in there if the box hadn't hadn't woken up yet? My thought that this is part of guard duty, just like, So, like, know. they have literally 300 guards just, like, standing around a box that hasn't moved in thousands of years, not hundreds. Yeah, like, sometimes, 
sometimes you're on guard duty for the box, and sometimes you're, like, taking care of the cows. It's fine. It's a communal society, David. I just, it seemed a little, a little bit much to me, whereas I, I think in the, in the weed and cut, I, I think that the, there's something to this, that the boxes just sort of wake up, you know, the box is, like, already awake when you see all the guards around it, so you get the sense that, okay, maybe they had, like, one person who was watching the box, and then when it woke up, they brought everybody in. Uh, right. So I think that would have made a little more sense. But hey, it's it's the vision. It's the vision. It's WandaVision. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, in the weed and cut, we also have a scene, a news scene of a woman who's going like, these fucking aliens stole my fucking... Blah, yeah, this was an husband. unnecessary weed and add-in that was dumb. And weed and jokes. Uh, and so then we get part one, don't count on it, Batman. This is part one of the of the Snyder, the Snyder cut, um, which is what six parts, seven parts. Uh, yeah, it's six I parts and an epilogue with an epilogue. Yeah. Um, so let's let's compare Aquaman scenes. Which which one did you like better? Because <laughs> they're completely uh, reshot. It's a t- totally different shots for for the two Aquaman scenes. I definitely liked Whedon's better. Okay, all right. Any any particular jokes that you thought were oh well, that's clever. I mean, no, but it was just it was so much less awkward. <laughs> <laughs> like watching Snyder's version, it was just like like there's no pacing of dialogue in like there's no pacing period in Snyder's cut. But like the yeah, I mean, there's nothing. Forever. There's no. There's no editing for for concision. There's no economy of shot composition. There's no or shot selection. Right. There's there's absolutely no desire to trim anything. You're in that scene and you're there. You're not setting something up for later. You're just in the scene of Bruce Wayne going. I'll pay you twenty five grand if I can but talk that's to Aquaman. Boring. Like. This is what people who want, like, realism in fiction don't... Like, sure, I, I guess enough people like this and Zack Snyder that it does something for someone. But for me, the reason that I watch media and consume stories is that it's more exciting than real life. <laughs> and, like, not just because people are punching each other, but because you don't have all the boring, like, awkward silences that you have to just kind of, like live in if that's not the point of the story you know like <laughs> all right well i agree to disagree i i think that the the pace in the snyder uh cut for this scene in particular i think works a little bit better i think that the 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 jokes and and the you know the the insertion of like unnecessary humor into the scene which is just meant as like an introduction for aquaman it kind of like breaks the uh it, it kind of breaks the illusion. And then I think the, you know, the characterization of Arthur in this scene is meant to be more grimdark and more, like, brooding. So, like, he speaks more Icelandic. So, like, maybe if you didn't already know that he was Aquaman, you would be kind of surprised that he's more of, like, a broy american sounding dude. Um, I guess. I don't know. I think I think it was kind of neat the way they did it. And I do think that the, so, I heard you can talk to fish line. Little cliche. Little done. 
Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Um, but I think the really funny thing about uh, these scenes is once once Aquaman is, is has shown that he's Aquaman and Batman's actively trying to recruit him to fight aliens, uh, <laughs> he takes off his sweater and throws it on the ground and then gets in the water in his jeans to swim away. So he swam yeah. there in jeans and then borrowed someone's sweater? Whatever. Who knows? I think that's insane, because who swims in jeans? But if you're going to swim in jeans, why not swim in a sweater? Why not swim in anything? <laughs> no? Yeah. I, don't I think know. that's very silly. Um, Fair enough. And then, um, and then we have my favorite is, scene from the Snyder Cut. Oh, the Icelandic singing. Icelandic singing and sweater sniffing. Oh my God, the the Snyderian excess. It is, mm, it is so sweet. It's just like it goes on forever, and it doesn't cut Ever. once. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so long. And everybody just stands there, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, why is it dramatic for these people? Doesn't he come here regularly? Like, Yes, what? but the, he's like a god to them, Hannah. Remember, these is, this is a story of gods and men. Remember, oh, you didn't see Ma Batman v Superman, but Jesse Eisenberg, he goes on long, long rants about how Superman is like the devil, but he comes from above like an angel, and Batman <laughs> is like... A god. Like, They're all gods. Of, well, of course Lex Luthor would want to imagine Batman as a god. He's just a rich guy. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, yeah, things are a little bit uh, in a different order in the, uh, in the Whedon cut. In that cut, we have all of the Wonder Woman introduction scenes before we, we uh, introduce uh, Aquaman. So, uh, right. but uh, in the Snyder Cut, that uh, that comes right after we have a, a bunch of scenes of Lois Lane visiting Superman's grave and buying coffee for a cop who's like, you don't miss a day, huh? Like, you bring me coffee every day. Uh, I was watching yeah. it with my brother and he was like, what? So is that just to establish that she's like a nice person that she just brings a cop coffee every day? <laughs> I was like, no, he's I mean, he's visiting. She's visiting a grave, or a memorial site, for Superman. Right. I thought at first also that she was bribing the guard that, <laughs> to like, let her in. <laughs> yeah, like to let her like extra close to like Superman's memorial or something. <laughs> no, it's a public, it's a public memorial. But I, I can see yeah. how you would you would read it that way. Um. Right. So then after that, that's when we get the Wonder Woman uh, introduction scene in uh, in the Snyder Cut. So let's let's compare these for a moment and discuss. Uh, do you also prefer the Whedon cut of this scene? Um, yeah. <laughs> really? I, I, I'm surprised. I think that the the action of, you know, the the excessive slow mo and and fast mo and whatever, I think it gives a lot more energy to the Wonder Woman scene. Although I could, you know, take or leave the gratuitous head smashing and blood splattering on walls, which is uh, always a big part of of Snyder's extended cuts. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, hold on. I'm trying to maybe it is just like 
the, like, excessive blood and guts or whatever that, like, I was glad wasn't in the Wonder Woman scenes. Because I will say, I think I might like Zack Snyder's treatment of Wonder Woman better than Joss Whedon's. I, I would agree with that. Yes, I think if you're going to give, you know, give kudos to any one thing for, for Snyder, it would be Wonder Woman is treated with a little more respect. God damn yeah. it. She's a goddamn princess. All right. right and she, Treat her she with gets, respect. <laughs> right. I would have cut out some of the dumb Whedon jokes and replaced them with some of the fun shit that Wonder Woman did uh, in the Snyder Cut. Hmm. Yeah. So you're, are you saying, for example, when she goes up to the little girl and the little girl's like, can I be okay, like no, you someday? And she says, you could be anything you want to be. I think that's no, great. I, Why not? No, what's, that, what's wrong with that? that? I, I, no, that's eye rolling. That's pandering at its worst. It's that pandering, but what, uh, what, what's wrong no. with pandering? You're telling me Joss no. Whedon doesn't pander? I hated it. <laughs> I'll say this as a as a woman, I hated it. <laughs> okay, well, it really I, felt condescending. Like, oh, the you little can have superpowers one day. <laughs> He's like, there, there, little girl, you too could be blessed by the gods and born, like, miraculously. Like, no, yeah. that's not how it fucking works. In and it's universe. even funnier it's... given that, like, they've just seen a man explode. Right! It's like, these kids <laughs> and his hat, so his, traumatized. His, goal, his glorious fedora daintily drifting down and landing on the cop car below. And yeah. even funnier than that is the layer of irony on... Yes, this is a group of reactionary terrorists, self-described reactionary terrorists, mind you. Yes. yes. (laughs) That's how they see themselves. But that is in both cuts. (laughs) Yes, and it's hilarious in both cuts, and it makes me laugh out loud. Um, But then their goal was to blow up the building. (laughs) That was their main plan. Yeah, they wanted to kill, like, a few more people, but uh, Wonder Woman just went in there and apparently... No one has ever seen her before. Like, you know, I think the premise in both films is that she's remained hidden for all of this time since World War One. Even in Wonder Woman 1984, where I guess like nobody really saw her or if they did, I guess they forgot. Um, Right. (laughs) But like, yeah, she just comes out of nowhere and blows up some people. (laughs) And blows up the building, uh, so well, kind no, of... Well, no, she throws the, the suitcase above the building. It blows up above the building. Yeah, but she she then blows it up anyway with her wrist gauntlets. That's true. But that's, that's only true. in the she Snyder Cut. That. Um, yes. So what did you think... Did you catch the motivation of these reactionary terrorists? They're trying to launch the world back into the Dark Ages, but you only find out why... The Dark Ages in the Whedon cut? What do you mean? Isn't isn't the one where they're like, it's a sin? Was that in the the no? That was in that was was in both, and they talk they talk I think more extensively in the Snyder cut about the aliens coming and the aliens being the reason that we have to blow up this building. (laughs) That the aliens are attracted to tall buildings. (laughs) I don't know. It's dumb in both versions. It's just an excuse to have an action scene early on where you can introduce Wonder Woman. And, uh, you know, the, the the thing about the Snyder Cut is always that you have 
like two or three introductions to every character, whereas in the Whedon cut you only have one. Uh, so, you know, this introduction to Diana as just being like a person who stands on buildings and then saves them from terrorists. I guess it works. I mean, okay, so this was a moment after the Aquaman scene. In which um, cut? <laughs> in the Snyder cut, yes. I believe. When Bruce is getting, or is that back in the, is this in part two? Oh, that is in part two. Okay, well, um, in part one, I, I did forget to say that the, the Whedon cut puts the Barry Allen's introduction first and adds in some hilarious hijinks where he draws in marker on a guy, a skinhead, I guess, and then uh, and then he is none the wiser. Uh, and then he yeah. visits his, his father in jail, which in the Snyder Cut doesn't happen until part two. Also in part one, apparently, I don't even remember that this happens in part one, but the the janitor in Star Labs who works for uh, Cyborg's dad, Cyrus Stone, uh, he gets kidnapped in 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 part part one of the uh, of the Whedon cut. I'm organizing the Whedon cut into parts based on the first and last scene of the Snyder cut. I know I didn't mention that okay. before because uh, obviously the Whedon cut isn't divided into parts, but you need to have something to kind of compare it to. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, or else it just becomes unwieldy. Okay. And then, yeah, I, it looks like... Then you the other know, the, boxes awaken. Right. The the first part of... Uh, yeah, the, the next thing that happens is the box waking up, and now we're being introduced to the Amazons, which, you know, I guess it makes sense to do it right after introducing Diana. Uh, mm -hmm. So that makes, I think, a little more sense in the Snyder Cut. Yeah. As opposed to going to Barry and then going to the Amazons. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, of course, a lot of people have identified that the Amazons costuming is not something that I think Patty Jenkins would have No, it done. is not. It, uh, is, not. it is much more uh, risque and not period appropriate and not combat appropriate. But yeah, it's very sexy gladiator bullshit. Um, 300. It's like that. Right. It's like that in both. So like whatever. Right, but I'm but I'm saying that's a Snyder sort of distinction from the rest of the DCEU. Uh, right. But yeah. So so now so we have our consistent. We have our first exposure to Steppenwolf. I like to call him yes. Wolfie. He's my friend Wolfie. <laughs> Uh, and he Not looks very different in both versions. What did you, which design did you like better? I like the original Justice League from Whedon's Cut so much better. I think he looks like an Xbox One, like not Xbox One, See, the, the original I Xbox think, level graphics. I think, I strongly disagree. His face is um, like blurry the whole no, movie. No, it's not. What are you talking about? I don't like, I, I don't like his face. I don't think it was blurry at all. Um, also, I could understand what he was saying at all. Right. Um, that's, that's always the nice. funny thing about, uh, about, uh, Snyder is the bass needs to be turned up so that you can understand what people are saying. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's really bad. Um, but also, I don't know. I found the, the Snyder design to be incredibly video gamey and just like how CGI'd 
No, I mean, it was definitely video gamey. I think it's ridiculous. He's like, he he goes from being like a dude who's like tall and wears a helmet to like a monster man who's covered in like shiny, constantly writhing spikes. Uh, Yeah. And sometimes he like gets naked, like the spikes just like come off. And like sometimes, and his face is like, he's got like a chin claw and like his horns are very skin like it's very gross and nasty uh design but uh i do like it better than just a dude with an axe i don't know i liked the dude i liked the alien dude with mommy issues it's fine it's simple yeah i think the mommy issues thing with the boxes uh because they're called mother boxes when really they could just be tesseracts or all sparks or any number of other cinematic cubes. MacGuffin. Right. <laughs> well, they're always cubes is the thing, right? In Transformers, they started it with those yes. cubes. And then Marvel <laughs> had a cube. Uh, there's always cosmic cubes. I only had the cubes. one cube, though. There I, are I, a lot of them. I didn't say that yeah. they had more than one. I said that they're... <laughs> they just exist. They started the cubes. Uh, <laughs> and so he... I think Whedon was sort of addressing, or maybe there was some studio note that was like, well, wh- why are they called mother boxes? <laughs> I mean, I did have that question. It's a thing like from that. the comics, you know? It's Sure. But th- like there's mother boxes and there's father boxes and it's about the psycho analytic difference between heaven and hell. There's new genesis and apocalypse and the new genesis has the mother box and the uh, and the uh, apocalypse has the father box. But aren't they coming from apocalypse? Yes, but, uh, you know, they're kind of shaving off the rough edges of the comics to just make it something that a general audience could potentially understand. So I can right, see what you're going to say. if you're doing that, then you could just literally yes. change it to not be Mother Box. Or you could weird. just take out the boxes entirely because they are a lame and cliche plot point. So Sure, but I don't care. Like, we're talking about superhero movies. Like... It's fine if they have to get a MacGuffin to stop a big bad. Like, sure, you can do something with that. Your plot doesn't need to reinvent the freaking wheel. But, like, I need to be able to understand it. Right. Well, anyway, a (laughs) mother box, they describe it as, like, a change engine. It can... It can undo entropy. It can change something from destroyed to fixed, from dead to alive. It can turn the world into devil world. It can open portals. It can do a lot of things. Um, Right. So you got to keep it away from the bad guy. And uh, we have a much longer scene with much more slow-mo in uh, in the Snyder Cut. Uh, They also included the entire building falling off a cliff. And then, uh, and then just the guy popping out of the building and, and coming out, as opposed to just popping out before the building goes over a cliff. So, you know, we can cut, me, saving some time. Let me say, though, so, like, this was the scene where I was really just, like, I do not like this Zack Snyder version of how he uses CGI at all. Hmm. Like, it just makes everything look really fake and bizarre and like just ugly <laughs> and not in like an appealing way just like sure well I, 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 I'm sure you'll grant that that is a very personal sort of taste thing 
Absolutely. But I will say, to me, a general audience taste, I found the Zack Snyder, like, style to be not compelling and interesting. Right. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's a little more washed out, but I think that the the movement, the motion is a little more legible as a result than the uh, the saturated version that, that Whedon has. I don't I know disagree. if I have, like, a particular preference between them, but clearly the shots are are you know in the in the Snyder version they are to his vision right they yes. are grim dark uh and they they match the tone of the the dialogue and the 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 action i think better but i don't think there was so much of a mismatch in okay. justice league all right i i may i may be overestimating it uh it might be my my male bias i mean it clearly like, the movie is being pitched to a particular kind of audience that liked Watchmen. And I, right. you know, tolerate Watchmen, the movie. Uh, so, I, you know, I think the different tastes for different, uh, different bastes. <laughs> um, I was really excited to see how you are going to have that one. <laughs> different um, tastes for different bastes. That's our new tagline. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, so, yeah, you, we gotta keep the box away from the dude, we failed to keep the box away from the dude, uh, rocks fall, people die, you know, it is what it is. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then I think in both versions we move to, uh, to, to what I have labeled as our next part, because part two, The Age of Heroes begins... And suddenly we're in Soviet Russia. Um, Which is not clear. Not Soviet Russia, but post-Soviet Russia, I guess. In the, It's not clear. In the fallout of a Chernobyl-like event. Um, <laughs> where in the Snyder Cut, I was just like, we're at, we're at a nuclear reactor. Was there any title and I just missed it? No, they, they made a conscious decision in the Snyder Cut to not include any titles to say where we are. They don't say, uh, you know, one of my favorite things about Aquaman is every single one of those uh, drop location drops is somewhere in the blank ocean, which uh-huh. is hilarious to so just go somewhere in the Indian Ocean, somewhere in the Pacific, somewhere. In- Some, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in the Arctic Ocean. Come and find me. Um, which is really funny to me about that, that film. And one of, I think James Wan's great directorial choices. Uh, but Joss Whedon, I think puts more location drops, right? I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Okay. Part two, the age of heroes. Uh, and we have, uh, slightly more time dedicated in the, <laughs> um, in the, the, uh, Snyder cut to, shooting an arrow that's on fire to light up a temple to then yeah. put the arrow in the temple in order to go into a cave okay, of wonders this, type place but, and look at a tapestry. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was kind of fun. Like it was very I national treasure. I just I was like, it. why is it Indiana Jones? Why is this suddenly? Because it's Wonder Woman. Wonder I, Woman is so like DC Indiana Jones. You I, know? I don't have any problem with it. I, I'm expressing uh, just a sort of what I was experiencing was what? what? 
how how is this in this movie? Because I think this is an experience a lot of people had who saw the theatrical cut first. Is mm-hmm. how can you stretch that into four hours? Like, what are they adding? Like, what there must be like a whole other subplot. And as it turns out, it's there's a lot of really tiny subplots that are just yeah. scattered everywhere. And this is one of them. Wonder Woman goes down into a temple and sees a, a hieroglyph of dark side invading. So I guess she didn't know about this before or or this is still part of her decoding the message on the the arrow or so in in that in yeah. the in the Snyder cut much much quicker. Um but then we have uh our two you know, Lois Lane, uh, we have a Lois Lane introduction scene in the Whedon cut, which was shot specifically for, uh, for that film. And I thought it was so cringe. I thought it was extremely uncomfortably cringe, uh, their, their interaction where she says, uh, my, my son told me that you were the thirstiest woman he'd ever met. That's the only part of it that I don't like. Otherwise I think it's fine. I don't know. I think I think the rest of it. It's also it's shot like really brightly, like ten times brighter than the scene before and the scene after it. Uh, and it's I think there's like so much less know. pathos to it. I think than the but comparable I don't think there scene needs later to be that, in the Snyder cut. That pathos. Why not for 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 Lois? What just because just because she doesn't deserve it? Because we get it. We're sad. Well. <laughs> like, I mean, the, I mean, the plot I think point is, is the same in both of them that she is no longer, you know, pursuing her career because she's been. But it's entirely different. No, 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 no. Because one, she's so traumatized, she does not leave. Like she has stopped going to work. Uh-huh. And then the other one, she's, she's just like, I just can't pieces. chase those big stories right now. Okay. I'm, I'm okay to does do that make a pieces. difference from like yes. a, a representation perspective? I mean, I think both portray, like, this has truly affected me, you know? But one is, like, my entire identity is, like, gone. Like, is it in the Snyder Cut where she's like, I I wasn't strong when you were gone? Or or is that Whedon? Uh, I, I think there's a version of that scene in both. I can't remember exactly the dialogue. In the two different Smallville but, scenes, but basically, I, I'm pretty sure in the um, in the Snyder cut, it's like Lois Lane's entire world was Superman, and then Superman dies, and Lois Lane like cannot okay. do anything. All right. Which I like, think, sure, I think it's a it's a that, it's a love story. It's a love story about right. Jesus dying think, and being resurrected. <laughs> right. Like, okay. Here's the thing. Is it fine? Sure. Okay. Is it? A thing I like to see in movies? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> I find it. And then I guess annoying. yeah, it's not it's not the same. So you yes. could say that there at least was a purpose in reshooting the scene, if for no other reason than, than to satisfy that uh, that representational uh, uh, issue. Um, sure. Okay. Uh, oh, um, I have a note that says product placement on razor with Batman shaving. Yes. Okay, so this is the scene where I'm like, we just like throw down the fact that Batman has already asked um, Wonder Woman to come join us, and she said no, but like, we never see. I don't that was know, in the it's last weird. movie. Oh, it was in the last movie he yeah. asked her? Okay, so then never mind. 
Null and void. So you need a line of dialogue to address it, but you don't want to literally show it again. Um, that's fine, that's fine. And then that's after that, after we have uh, Batman sort of bickering with Alfred over, like, uh, putting a team together, what's the deal with that? Uh, i got to put a team together, Alfred. Um, you know, pointless pointless filler, unnecessary. I would cut it immediately. Uh, and then they then we cut to Star Labs, and uh, we're, we're introduced to Cyborg's dad in the Snyder Cut. Um, and then we have the janitor getting kidnapped, so happens a little bit but later. This time, but this time, the janitor doesn't know... That the family is that that Victor's dead, so he's like, "Say hi to your wife and son for me." Oh, and he's like, "That's rough." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah," and he like yeah. walks away weird. You also have that it, really dramatic mop drop shot. That's in both of them, <laughs> which I love. I just love it. I can't. I can't t- explain why. It's just like this is what filmmaking is, right? <laughs> dramatic yes. mop drop. Yes. It's definitely filmmaking. Um, um, yeah, so Cyborg's dad being, like, an expert is a lot more of a thing in the Snyder Cut. Uh, you know, he gives a lot of exposition about alien tech and alien metals. Right, but none of it's needed. Like, who cares? I find it all very Yeah, I mean, I think, I think I, you know, if I was making decisions on what to cut, it would be all the exposition scenes at Star Labs, which I think are really there to set up, uh, set up the Atom, the uh, the Asian scientist ends up being the na- having the name of uh, the atom. Oh, okay. So, no, I didn't know that either when I was watching it, but I looked it up after. <laughs> I mean, I figured it was something important for like the um, you know, the DCEU vision of the DCEU. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, oh, we have the, the hilarious drawing of what the parademon looks like for, from the cops. The, oh, the, my God. The sketch. The Snyder. <laughs> when they throw it up on the scene so dramatically and we're all clearly supposed to know that it looks like Batman and it just looks like a cartoon drawing <laughs> like from, a like, cartoon. a 10-year-old. It's, like... it's so bad. I mean, they have that picture in both, but uh, it's done twice in uh, the Snyder Cut. No, the picture is different, though. It's a differently drawn picture. Really? Justice oh, League, yes. I, I, I guess I hadn't uh, noted it's, that. It's way less dumb looking in Justice well, League than it is. Well, then I'm going to mark that as a as a minus for the Whedon cut, because <laughs> I think that that drawing is hilarious. And it's, oh it's, it's, it's honestly one of the most entertaining things in the movie just this drawing of like like literally if you ask a three-year-old to draw batman like they might draw it like that (laughs) i love it um okay uh okay then we have our like second introduction to aquaman where he's at the bottom of the ocean and it's like this could be the first introduction to, to aquaman or you could cut this scene does not matter one way or the other but aquaman's down under the water Looking at a statue of, I guess his grandpa, his uncle, something. Dad? Question. It's not his dad. His dad oh. is a lighthouse worker. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, Willem Dafoe is there. I love Willem Dafoe. I'm glad Willem he Dafoe got more shots great. in this movie. Uh, he's so weird. I he's love him. Bizarre casting. Lovely. Um, he's talking about the snatchers from above. <laughs> 
<laughs> a very William Defoe, William Defoe thing to be talking about. Yes, very much so. Uh, and then he's like, take up your mother's trident. And he's like, I hate my mom. She abandoned me. And also, I'm sad that she's dead because Atlantis killed them. And also, uh, fine, I'll take the fucking <laughs> trident. Quindent or whatever. Yeah. Uh... And then we have this this type of scene that only exists in the Snyder Cut, which is Wolfie. Wolfie has to occasionally make phone calls to his 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 uh, his supervisor, who is Desaad, who's Here's like a melty Darth Sidious looking motherfucker. <laughs> Here's the thing about Steppenwolf: when he is simping for Darkseid, I don't care. When he's simping for his mommy boxes, I'm all in. <laughs> I think it works. I think it works uh, either no. way. I think they're both like no, when he's, distinct but interesting character choices uh, for one just, of the blandest DC villains you could possibly have picked. Like, sure, totally. You could have gone with any number of space baddies or Earth baddies. You could have done Brainiac. You could have done, you know, you could have done anything. You could have done alien invaders of various kinds. The invasion plotline from. Uh, the, the, what is it? The, uh, the CW verse, the Arrowverse. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. You could do anything. Steppenwolf is, is obviously like dark side light. Right. But that's fine. I, <laughs> here's the thing. If, if me, the general public doesn't know who dark side is and like, I don't know who Steppenwolf is. So like, if it's just like, he's some weirdo alien with a thing for mommy boxes and like, just likes conquering shit. Great. That's all I need to know. But you don't in think this that jam packed movie, but you don't think when that he simping has, is simping when he, regardless. No, 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 no. Because when he, he, because you know, if he's simping for this like metaphorical mom, like it's Oedipal, you know, we get it. But like, if he's, he's just like, for his I'm dad. sad because he does he doesn't like me. But it's not his dad. Like, it's clearly like his brother or like his no. Lover. It's like it's he's and supposed like, to be like the father of all evil. He's like the devil. He's like. But you know. I don't know that. Well, like, they tell you. They say he's bad. <laughs> And then they right, say he's on like, the throne of Apocalypse, like he's the king. And so then Steppenwolf is like his little fucking betrayer. Like, he's like, um, oh god, what's that character uh, but it from Lord of the Rings? But it doesn't have invested in, like, Steppenwolf at all. It's like, well, this wasn't even his idea. He's just doing this to, like, like, he has no real stake in this. No, no, he they explain really why he's doing it. It's because he wanted the throne, but then he became indebted to Darkseid when he betrayed him, and now he's trying to earn back his favor by conquering 49,999 million worlds uh, <laughs> until he repays his debt. I think that's great. It's like a mob movie. I, I, I think it's neat. I don't think that one is like particularly better than the other. Obviously, one is a lot more economical uh, in terms of time. But, uh, but I, 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 like, I, like, uh, I like Steppenwolf as a simp. I don't care who he simps for, personally. I don't know. I found him so much more bearable in, in the original Justice Where he League smells the type. scent of his mother. <laughs> yeah. Like, great. It's so weird and creepy. I, I love I it. Like I'm it so too. invested. I like it, too. Um, <laughs> uh, so, then, I think the last scene in, in part two in the Snyder Cut is uh, Batman and Diana just sort of, like, recapping their search for... 
uh, for for yeah. heroes, and uh, and then we have the backstory scene where uh, yep. where Diana explains who Darkseid is uh, while while Batman fixes an airship with a wrench. Um, I don't know. They were they're. <laughs> so what did you think of the the distinctive flashback yeah. scenes in each um, version? I don't know. They're both fine. Like they did what they needed to do. <laughs> they were, they obviously Helping replaced heading. Steppenwolf with Darkseid in the Snyder cut. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think I think they they were a big part of the the fan service aspect of these of these movies. And the fact that it was so much expanded in the Snyder cut is more fan service. So, yeah. you've got, you know, dead green lanterns on the, you know, on the on the place mm-hmm. and you've got all these gods who are like the Greek Roman gods or whatever uh fighting dark side yeah. and lots of action ensues and then they defeat him and like make him bleed which I think is kind of weird to show right off the bat to show that he's defeatable I guess maybe in the sequel if it ever happens they're going to do something to power him up even more to make him more scary whatever who gives a shit um who knows and then they establish in both versions that they gave the three boxes to the three races atlanteans amazons and people and the people decide to bury the box in a three foot deep hole in the woods (laughs) and that's in both versions i mean Mwah, beautiful, very classic. Good job, a yeah. human. Um, but uh, whereas, you know, the the Diana explaining things to Batman scene in the Snyder Cut happens in the Batcave. In the Whedon Cut, it happens walking along the side of a lake. And then you find out that Cyborg yeah. is there and he's watching them for some reason. Because he saw on the internet that they're... Yeah. That they're uh, they're looking for him, so if they're looking for him, he should go look for them. I guess. Yeah, why not? I don't know. I don't have any problem with that. I just thought it's like kind of like a messy, in, you know, second intro for for Cyborg in that one. Uh, I guess where he's first introduced in part one. I don't think we mentioned that he's like talking to his dad, and he's like, "I'm a monster." No, actually. You're the monster for making me a monster. And, like, his dad just being like, Son, I think you've been cooped up in here too long. (laughs) And him being like, I am a cyborg. Well, here's the thing. I know know you love your family drama, so do you prefer, like, you know, the, the cyborg intro in the, in the Snyder, you know, he's a lot more, um, aggressive with his dad and like we have the whole thing where he blames his dad for his mother's death which is just doesn't make any sense doesn't make any sense um which is partly why i prefer uh cyborg in in this one and how you know he's just kind of mad at his dad about like well you know the real the real cyborg juiciness doesn't come (laughs) until i think part three where we have our our slow-mo football game. Oh uh, yeah, okay. We'll for get there a million then. a million hours. <laughs> um, but we'll get there. So and then then I'll I'll talk more about cy cyborg. 
Yeah. Uh, so part three, beloved mother, beloved son. So I think first we first we have Flash Flash's introduction, right? Which is baffling. Well, yeah, yeah. No, this is in the Snyder Cut Flash's introduction. Um, it's it's the doggy park thing. Where yeah, he gets he's a like, job I gotta find like, me a job, and then he goes to get a girl. job, but then. A guy drops his hamburger sandwich on the floor of his truck and like Classic. Homer Simpson just reaches for it and then crashes headlong. So the dangers of hamburger eating, very important yeah. social themes in this film. So important. Um, it's dumb. The scene was a good thing to cut. Good job, Joss Whedon, on that. Well, I d this is another one that the fans have reacted incredibly positively to because they see it as a badass flash scene. People love these slow-mo quickster scenes. I know. Which also, I find tiresome. I agree entirely. Um I mean, especially the way it's done here and, like, the fact that this girl is flying out of a car and her face is frozen, like... <laughs> like, if I was flying out of a car, my face would be frozen, like... You know, I don't know like, that it would. It I would, don't know that you know what your face would look like It would not look cute. Let me just tell you that. It would not be cute. Okay, fair and maybe enough. I'm just fair jealous, enough. Fair but, enough. like, I don't think her face would be that cute. <laughs> but, uh, but I think, you know, the decision to incorporate extreme edgelord angstiness... An extreme dumb humor in the form of he's like stroking the hair of this strange stranger that he's saving from a car crash uh, while a a ballad, a pop ballad plays. Uh, and while he is also grabbing, grabbing hot, hot dogs dog. out of the sky and putting them in his pocket. I mean, I think I find the excess and I've said that word a number of times now. Because Snyder is known for just putting in too much, for being too much. And I I adore this scene for that reason, because it's so silly. No. It's bizarre. Next. It adds it adds to my enjoyment of the film. It's, it's fine. It didn't need to be there. Like give if you no, like no, the scene. Of course give you would flash. cut it if you were trying to cut this thing down to right. two hours. But but what would you lose? You'd lose the hot dogs. You'd lose the creepiness. You'd lose the. Good. Uh, I don't like the, creepy uh, flash. I, like, it's I weird. I don't like it. Um, and then after that, I think. That's when he then goes to his his dad, right? Or is that? No, I think. No, that's later. I think that's after a bunch of other stuff. See, like that's you know, of course, the Snyder cut is, <laughs> it's it's like uh, it's like Inception. It's like every time you go a layer into it. It gets ten times longer. <laughs> it's it's just it's everything Obnoxiously is so long. spread out from each other, so right. you really lose where you are. Like it's not even yes. paced like a TV show, you know. Like right. you know, Russian Doll is basically a four-hour <laughs> movie too. But like that right. has like but it's broken up into episodes that right. are somewhat chronological. These oh. are chrono. Right. Crazy. They're chrono. That like <laughs> chrono diabolical. Right. They're... That just makes sense. You know, like it's possible to make a four-hour movie that like makes sense. And he did not right. succeed, Zack Snyder. I um, mean, the the bizarreness of you know now. Uh, uh, wait, did we miss? No, no, we didn't miss it. Now we have 
the parademons dragging Atlanteans onto the land to put a crab monster on their head that can project where the box is, which is both is totally unnecessary, but it sets up the crabs later. And that, then that that's like a distinction. When we get to it, I'll, I'll discuss it more. But, yeah, but uh, it, here it sets up the crabs, but then it like doesn't fucking do anything with them, really. No, he uses them to find the box. That's that's all they do. It's just a setup. It's really just a setup. And so then um, you have uh, Diana being racist, saying, uh, yes, Atlanteans, we went to war with them once. They're tricky, tricky, sneaky people. Uh <sighs> those those mermaids. <laughs> yeah. Then there's awkward uh, Bruce and Diana flirting. Can't forget. Oh that. yeah, I love I love it. They both touch the mouse and then go sorry and then never address it like ever again. I mean, Whedon of course has his own awkward flirty moments between them where Wonder Woman gives Batman a a soothing massage and chiropractor <laughs> session later. Yeah, it's very <laughs> but weird. we'll get to that. Um, so now we got the slow-mo football game where uh, Victor Stone is the college quarterback and he's, oh man, he's so good uh, at football in the snow, in the slow-mo. And again, like a slow-mo referee blowing his whistle and then it just stretches. It just stretches. Uh, it goes on for so long to the point of hilarity, I think. I think there's an enjoyment to just how ridiculous this padding is. I'm glad you got enjoyment out of it, David. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad someone did. Right. Um, Then we have an even more sort of baffling scene of, like, trying to explain what Cyborg's powers are, because unlike Aquaman, who talks to fish, unlike uh, Wonder Woman, who has a whip, uh, or a lasso, this is a little bit more confusing, complicated. What is it that Cyborg does? And so we have uh, his dad on a tape recorder explaining what he does while we see visuals of what his mind is like. We're in his mind palace. He goes into his mind palace, yeah, where in his mind he's, he's whole, he's human. Oh. And, uh, and uh, we see some of the most astounding Snyderian visuals I've ever seen of when he's talking about how he can control the banks. Oh my God. Which is awkward. And then you have Wall Street represented by a literal bear and bull fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then we have the creepy scene where he stalks uh, an old lady, a a mom, a a single mother or something. All right, well, she stalks a lady. Yeah. uh, So one that's closer to his own age than I was letting on. But uh, he stalks this lady and then determines that she is of good moral character and thus gives her some welfare. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So very neoliberal sort of tendencies in, uh, you know, in all superhero movies, really, but but also in this one. Yeah. That uh, he's like, you, you woman, you deserve $100,000 and no one else. Right. And then also he apparently has the power to launch all the missiles. Apparently. Um, and then he smashes the tape recorder when his father starts pretending to actually care about him. He doesn't care. He just wanted him for an experiment. This is his conflict in the comics and in most ad- cartoon adaptations of uh, of Cyborg. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's totally fine to play it up and to expand on it. It's not really dwelt on as much in the Whedon cut. And uh, in fact, in the Whedon cut, as far as I remember, he just kind of like has one line where he's like, hey, dad, I saved your life. And then in the end of the movie, they're like patting each other on the back being like, we're buds now. (laughs) I mean, yes, but I hated this. Like, I don't know. I just find it boring. I just, and, and maybe it is totally me and, and probably is just me and my very personal biases, but like, I just don't care about another father-son redemption arc. I've seen them so many times and they're all the same and like, they all end with the dad dying and like, the Snyderverse is no different and I was just like happy that his dad didn't die <laughs> in like the Whedon gut, so. Yeah, I, I guess it, it, it serves its its purpose. He really didn't have uh, to die I, I in the Snyder like Cut, though. Like, that's the other thing. I, I personally think it's fine that he dies. I think it's somewhat touching, heartbreaking that uh, that he's got the tape recorder at the end. Yes, I uh, mean, but it's and, it was uh, the sort of touching tape recorder that like t- moment where I was just like, mm, okay, I yeah, this is saccharin. Like, and I mean, you know, uh, like a lot of changes in the Whedon Cut were to sort of add more humanity into it. For example, introducing all of the, the the Russian family in their Chernobyl city. Yeah. So the fact that they would put that in but then take out scenes, father-son scenes where they're connecting, where he's forgiving him, and where he he dies tragically, I mean, uh, but separates I think himself you for the... I th- I think, thing. I, I think that's a little rough. I agree. I think you could leave out the Russian family and have the... Um, like, more reconcil- you could even right. reshoot a reconciliation scene between... Exactly, exactly. Uh, between like, Victor I think, and his dad. I don't think it would I, be a bad thing to give Cyborg more screen time than he got in the Whedon cut. I just vehemently dislike the storyline that he does have in... Hmm. the Snyder cut and I think it's very boring and overdone and like just not particularly interesting to me and especially smack dab in the middle of like a bulbous film that is just already bloated you know doesn't help it all right well now finally in the Snyder cut we have the introduction of Barry's dad in jail I think it's a little longer but just like a couple extra lines of dialogue it's It's about the same, as far as I remember. I don't like that his dad is like, don't come to see me anymore. Like, Yeah, that's in both versions, too. It's in both versions. I think it's dumb in both versions. I I mean, I think it sets up stakes, you know? Like, he's gotta... I don't know. He's gotta get better at his life, or else (laughs) his dad won't see him anymore. Right, but I think this is where, you know, his arc in... You know, his his arc, I find his arc in the Whedon cut more compelling than the Snyder cut because, you know, it's not this, like, time bullshit where he was, you know, uh... He's gotta make his own future. Right, but he's not being held back, you know, and, like, not being the best of the best. You know, he has that line later. He's like, "You, you tell my old man that I was one of them. I was the best, the, of the, best, best. Of the best, and it's just like, yeah. ugh, that he was a superhero, right? But like, 
come on, you know, sure. I don't need it explicitly stated to me. Like, I like the fact that... Very, very surface, very... Always you gotta be very explicit in a Snyder movie and right. just explain whereas, all your themes. Whereas I like in the Whedon <laughs> version where it's like we just see that he is like, shit, I've never really dealt with like problems of this magnitude before. I'm a little nervous. And Batman's like, Come on, kid, you can do it. Like, I don't know. I like right. that. I, I enjoy that more. I think the Whedon cut, uh, in terms of what it what it reshot in order to insert conflicts that weren't there or in arcs that weren't there in the original, mm-hmm. is that what it what it identified, which is true about the the Snyder cut, is that there are arcs for all of the characters in the Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. But they are all tangential to the team dynamic, tangential to the plot. Right. They're designed to be internal. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which, you know, I think for some fans, that's very similar to the way that a lot of things are done in, in, in a lot of comics mm-hmm. because you can see thought bubbles. So right. you tend to have uh, conflicts that are more internal than external uh, or interpersonal. Right. Um, so, but, uh, you know, Cyborg, his conflict is with his dad. His dad is not on the team. His dad does not contribute to you know, the, the, the fighting in the team or in the, in the climax or anything. It's just an emotional thing he has to go through with his dad. Barry, same deal. He's got a thing with his dad. Um, and he's got a power thing that he's got to overcome. Like he can't control his powers perfectly. Mm -hmm. Batman, he's got guilt. Enough said. Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman, a little skimpy on the arc for her in both versions. Yes. Uh, uh, Aquaman, he's well, got a it's, thing it's with his parents. about deciding to rejoin the world. Like, I feel like that's... Right, right. That's, that's in both versions, yeah. That's in both versions, but I if, is it more... Also tangential to the plot. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the, the, the Aquaman, his thing is with his family and with Atlantis, which then gets dealt with much more extensively in his solo movie. But none of them have any conflicts with each other. They're all pretty much in agreement on what to do throughout the whole movie, and they don't bicker, they don't, uh, they, they all support each other for the most part, you know. Some of them take a little while to join the group, but once they do, there's no, like, issue of who takes command or anything. Yeah, I will say I was very glad that there wasn't, like, a one, any leadership strife, and two, there wasn't any, like, I'm leaving the team now, bye! And then, like, they come back two hours later. Right, which is a, a thing I think that uh, that I enjoyed in the Avengers, the first one, and then never again. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, in the in the Whedon cut, all the conflicts are interpersonal. All the ones that they added in, you have Batman and the Flash. He takes on sort of a parental, fatherly role, sort of mm-hmm. training him to be better. And Flash is insecure about his superhero status in relation to Batman, right. as opposed to just in relation to himself. Uh, Wonder Woman has conflicts with Batman uh, in terms of deciding whether or not to resurrect Superman. Uh, Aquaman also participates in that, and he's got a weird, like, I'm racist against robots thing with Cyborg. Uh, Yeah. It's all interpersonal. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense if your movie is, you know, two hours, and you've decided that all these extraneous conflicts, they take up too much time. We, but we, you still need character conflict in order to make any story work. Right. I think it makes sense what they did in terms of shoehorning in all those conflicts. Yeah. But they do feel shoehorned in. You can see the seams in all the edits 
and all the scenes that didn't exist before where they're literally just talking to each other, explaining their perspectives. And they're all kind of interchangeable, too. Like, you know, there's nothing particular about Wonder Woman that would make her not want to resurrect Superman as opposed to Batman. That's you know? true. Yeah. They're just sort of plot-based uh, conflicts. But yeah. in some ways that's better because it inter- integrates better with the plot. Yeah. So I guess I'm just saying nothing <laughs> no, in terms I, of quality. I think, I think, I mean, in terms of quality, maybe it's not like a crazy difference, but I think that is a really important, like, structural change of how, like, Joss yeah. Whedon was, like, trying to look at these characters versus Snyder, who, as you said, was doing very internal and... Uh, Whedon was doing very interpersonal. Right. We still got so much to get through. Uh, we maybe we should breeze through it a little bit, but we've just got weird scenes in the Snyder cut that are just happening. Alfred mansplains tea to it's terrible to it's, Wonder Woman. It's dumb. Also, kettles. There's a lot of kettles in this movie. I think if if Batman v Superman has a weird amount of horses, this movie has a weird amount of kettles. Fair, uh, fair. But, uh, yeah, anyway, um, uh, there's Mercedes-Benz the... product placement. <laughs> this is in both. Um, but that brings me to the, the Batman meets Barry scene. Because I okay, think right. the tone of... This is like... Like, when we really start getting into the Flash in the Snyder Cut is where... Like, the Flash is making jokes. And, like, the same jokes are in both... Uh, like, right, the but Whedon cut. adds more jokes. Right, and I don't think you maybe needed, like, as many more jokes. I, like, none of them particularly, like, whacked me as, like, oh, this is very terrible. I think that because, the again, it's a thing of, like, being able to see the seams, but, right? It's not that the jokes themselves are particularly bad compared to Snyder's jokes, which are also bad. The, the point is that they're... They feel added in. No, I disagree. I think they work so much better in Whedon's cut than they do in Snyder's. I think they feel so out of place. The brunch joke doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't strike you as added in and tacked on. I mean, whatever. No, like I think it's dumb, but I don't think it's like any more added on than anything else. Like. I, I, I think I disagree with you there. I think a lot of the jokes, you know, so I heard you talk to Fish, the brunch jokes. Well, the brunch uh, one, I, I almost let it allow it because it sort of goes into the, like, the world moves slower than I do. Like, people move, which, you know, seems to kind of be something that Barry, like, is, like, struggling with. Like, dealing with people interpersonally does seem genuinely hard for him in this movie, Whereas it yeah, but it it does. That's not that's not my point. It's just that I think the joke is not funny. Okay, so it didn't have to be brunch. It could have been anything. I like I like where it leads, so I think it's fine. I I think it added something like the last bit that it gets that it. I I, I didn't into. really take that that particular joke as being necessary for that arc. Uh, I, I I felt it to be extraneous and and bad and just really really bad. As as with most of the. Most of the jokes that were that were added. I mean, like okay. I know that we'll both agree about but later on. Totally, there's a tonally, the fact that they were like 
any kind of these any like jokes jokey jokey quippy quips in the Snyder version is more out of place. It felt so wildly out of place, and I was like, "Who I, is this like bizarre creature that has wandered into this like grim dark world?" I'll, like, I'll take that argument, and I'll, you know, I, I agree with that. And there were some jokes that were in the Snyder cut that I had assumed were weed and exclusives mm-hmm. that weren't. So maybe the seams aren't as clear as I'm I'm making them out to be. Yeah, but. But I think that the fans certainly, or the narrative of, of the fans has been that, well, I knew that that was a Whedon scene, and I knew it all along, but and like, I would have picked... it was bad because the jokes were bad, thirsty, thirsty Lois Lane is bad, <laughs> you know, I feel itchy is bad. I feel um, itchy is bad, I agree, it's, right. it's dumb. But of course, it, right before I feel itchy is uh, a joke that's in both versions, which is, um, uh, you smell good, did I not before? So, no, 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 no. I, again, it's no, like... but that joke wasn't in the Snyder Cut. She said, you talked. She says, you spoke. And he says, did I not before? Oh, I'm, I must have misheard. Because yeah. I was I was being it, prepped by... No, it became... The terrible Joss Whedon joke of, you smell good. Yeah, no, that one was very bad. That was a bad Whedon okay. joke. Oh, you spoke, did I not before? Yeah. That's interesting. All right, well, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> um, but, like, the snack hole line, you know, that's in the Snyder Cut. The bat, like, him being like, so yeah. what's your superpower, Batman? And he's like, I'm rich. I have money. Like, it comes <sighs> off It comes off much more uh, congenially in the Whedon version than it does in the Snyder version, where it just is very Ayn Randian, where it's like, I'm rich, and that's... Super awesome, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like it's just, I uh, yeah. I, I think I think you have a point. I think you, you've got a you got a solid point there. Yeah. Um, that's all I'm saying. That's all you're saying. Also, there's Rick and Morty on the on Barry's TV screens in both versions because product yeah. synergy. Oh, I will say, Joss Whedon adding in the K-pop thing is a very Whedon thing, and I hate it, and it's very bad. Um. <laughs> Uh, then we have, what do we have next? Is is the next thing the meeting with all the people together in the world? Uh, meeting Cyborg on the street while you're meeting Barry? Uh, Um, yeah. Is is that what happens next? I think so. Yeah, so, so I think, you know, in both versions it's weird that Diane is the one who talks to Cyborg when Cyborg was tracking Batman. Yeah. Because Batman was tracking him. It makes and, more sense uh, in, like, the the Whedon version, I think. I don't think it makes sense in either version. <laughs> it's fine. Well, I no, think it's more no, or less the here's, same. Here's why I think it makes more sense in the Whedon version, because Cyborg okay. physically sees Diana and Batman walking together. And right, so, but why is he there in the first place? It doesn't matter that he sees him physically, because he would have to see them on the computer he snuck, anyway. He snuck onto the compound, and then he's like, okay. And I think it's a totally lame thing where, like, if I wanted to kill you, I would have done it at the lake. <laughs> Which is always a really weird way to befriend someone, is to say, well, I didn't kill you. <laughs> I don't know, when you're dealing with super-powered people, I kind of get it. Um... And I just I just think it's very silly. Yeah, um, it was fine. I didn't care. <laughs> uh, but uh, we we've got to we've got to meet Cyborg, and then Cyborg tell Cyborg like, look, you you got to help us, and then he's like, I'm not going to help you because I'm a, a monster. Um, 
And then it cuts to uh, Victor's dad in the lab heating up a rock with x-rays. But he, like, melts it or something. He's heating up the inside so that it captures x-rays because it's setting up how later in the movie they're going to do that with the box. Right. So they can track it in a totally unnecessary subplot. Yeah, it's but that's how he dies and redeems himself, right? Right, but he could die any number of ways. He could but he die also didn't need in to an explosion. Die. He also didn't need to die in that way. But it's right. Fun. But if you need, if if your goal is to kill him, why does it have to be with an X-ray sci-fi machine that you made up with Ray Palmer's nephew? Uh, I don't know. Stupid, dumb. Uh, so then we meet Commissioner Gordon, J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, I like J.K. Simmons. I don't. I don't know why he was cast in this movie to just have like three lines. I mean, get a paycheck, J.K. Simmons. Like, live your best life. Apparently, he like bulked up like crazy too. Like, he got super muscular for it. Why? You can't see it, so it's stupid. <laughs> so, Commissioner Gordon, <laughs> okay. we we introduced him, and he's going to gather all the superheroes. Uh, but before that, we've got to get the Atlantis uh, mother box. And so Wolfie goes down there because he saw it on the crab radar that, that that's where they're hiding it. And he steals it. There's a fight scene. There's way more blood. Uh, people get sliced in half and shit. So I guess fans like that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and then that's when uh, Cyborg finds his dad kidnapped and sees the bat signal. So Wolfie has two mother boxes and so at this point in the movie is when he forms that big dome in Russiaville, Russia town, and then he calls Dasad again, and so we've, we've got to redo this scene again. It's like we're just repeating the same scenes over and over again. And it's just so that he can tell him to go interrogate the people that they've ca- captured and kidnapped in Gotham City, which he was already going to do. Right. It's bizarre. Right. It's very weird. And uh, so that's the end of part three, and now we're in part four change machine which i feel like did i write that down wrong is it called change machine like like you put in 10 bucks and quarters come out like a change machine like a change machine i mean change machine is in both yeah well i thought he called it like a change engine or something i don't know uh, so then we have this, you know, all the superheroes are finally gathered together on the roof and they're talking to Commissioner Gordon and they're like, let's go save these kidnapped scientists. They're on an island. And then they go and in both versions, this happens, they show up on the island and then Batman says, where are we, Alfred? <laughs> what do you mean? You're where you said you were going to Stryker's Island. Which is like yeah, Rikers, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what it I is. Guess. Aquaman, I think, is on his way, but everybody else is gathered together for this big action scene where they're fighting. They're gonna fight uh, Steppenwolf, and the scene goes on for crazy long. Uh, there's a lot of weird inconsistencies between the two versions, but basically, Batman is in his big Nightcrawler robot thing that can climb walls and shoot guns. Because we love Batman with guns. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. you know, Wonder Woman is, like, the main badass fighting the uh, the big bad. And we have that crazy mm-hmm. slow-mo scene where the Flash touches her sword and then she grabs it in the air. And fans like that stuff. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's much more bearable in the Whedon cut to me. I don't, I don't know that it's that much more bearable. I think it's a pretty lame fight scene in both. It's just shorter. Eh, I mean, they're both I pretty mean, long. I, I think I find them both pretty No, but the... Obnoxious. But I'm saying specific. I'm saying specifically the flash touching the sword part oh, takes yeah. like a full no, no, no. minute. Uh, obviously, in the Snyder Snyder's version. super slow mo is well documented. He, he he will drag out a slow mo for as yeah. long as humanly possible in all situations. A referee blowing a whistle, somebody tripping, anything doesn't matter. Slow mo as long as possible. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I think like the amount of things that happen in both fight scenes are you know both excessive. Like. This fight scene accomplishes virtually nothing. There's no character bits. There's nothing. Well, uh, but there is the character bit in in the Whedon version where it you just know, feels so tacked on and like. But whatever, it I, exists. It's it exists, it's there, and it doesn't uh, in the Snyder version. Yeah, whatever. Um, I didn't notice any like weird jokes in the Whedon version for this stuff. I don't know if you noticed anything. No, nothing like stood out to me. It's... But uh, but I did notice one particular joke, the the Whedon classic of the Flash tackling Wonder Woman and landing on her oh, on her God. lady parts on her on her boobies. It's it's <laughs> like I felt like I was watching an anime. Like this is it was an anime. Flash Flash is uh, is my waifu. It was uh, like so. <laughs> corny and weird and like like Is even that... even for the Whedon cut that was tonally jarring like it was yeah bizarre and and just completely unnecessary yes uh, yeah okay so at this point Aquaman shows up to save them because uh, Cyborg for some reason decided to launch a missile in an underground tunnel this is also in both versions. Yeah. And immediately the place starts to flood. So Which is we shouldn't have one... been shooting missiles. Does does Darkseid grab the missile in both of them? Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf, yeah. fuck. That's what I mean. Okay. That was Yeah, cool. he does it in both. Because it's badass. He grabs it in midair. It is pretty whatever. cool. I don't know. I thought it was uh, cool. It's whatever. I just thought it was dumb that they're shooting missiles down here when the whole cavern could collapse. I agree. Big, big mistake. Um, okay, so the next thing that happens in the Snyder Cut is what? Uh... Oh, Cyborg asks if his dad is okay. And that happens in both versions, but in in the Whedon version, that is the last we see of him until the the final montage. So that's the last scene that we have with Cyrus Stone Dang. in the Whedon cut. Uh, awkward. In uh, in the Snyder cut, he's a much more prominent part up until his death. <laughs> um, right. I guess at this point, this is when Steppenwolf uh, goes back to his base because he's like a failure and he touches the boxes and then he like has a vision of of the anti life equation being buried in dirt somewhere on Earth. I yeah. mean, I'm sure you didn't understand what was going on because I did. Not really. Yeah. And I know what the anti life equation is. <laughs> oh shit, David! Don't cartoons. tell anyone. 
I mean, I don't know what it is, what it is. I know, I know conceptually what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what you say. You gotta keep everyone off your scent. <laughs> um, and so then he says that to Darkseid, and Darkseid is like, are you telling me that the thing I've been looking for everywhere is on Earth? And then Steppenwolf, he, like, takes off all his armor, and he's, like, naked there, and he's like... Yeah. Dom me, dark side, dom me. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, like, do I even <laughs> care if Superman kicks your ass now? Like, you're a baby. <laughs> who, who, who gives a shit? Right. And then, uh, I guess the next thing that happens is Cyborg is, like, talking to the ship. And, uh, and he's like, I'll fix it. Yeah. And then he does, I guess. Because uh, now they're all recouping and they're like, we gotta, we gotta deal with our failure. And it's like, well, you're a failure and they're a failure. Well, isn't oh, this? I guess when... the thing I skipped was while 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 uh, Steppenwolf is interrogating all of the the hostages in the Snyder cut, he does it with the crab thing that they set up with that earlier Atlantean scene. Mm-hmm. But in the Whedon cut, he just grabs them by the throat and says. Tell me where it is. And then if they don't tell him immediately, he snaps their necks. Which, which for my money, is not a great interrogation technique. No, it's not. But, like, it doesn't require a whole dumb mind-reading crab setup. (laughs) But it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I I guess it's six of one, half a dozen stupids of another. But, like, (laughs) the fact that he's, like, going up to people and being like, Do you know where it is? Snap. Like, what if the first guy knew and he just was pretending not to know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, mind crabs. But, uh, yeah. What, what, what happens next? Oh, oh, but with the mind crabs. So then, like, uh, Victor's dad, Cyborg's dad, is just like, no, leave them alone. They don't know anything. And, like, you know, Steppenwolf's, like, holding him. And he's like, ah, so you're going to tell me. And he's like, I'll never tell. And Steppenwolf is just like, Bleh, and then sticks the Minecraft on him. But like, I mean, didn't they just see with the Minecraft ex- before yeah. that like he right? Was but gonna... maybe he has more mental fortitude. Maybe he can fight it off. But it... one that we don't see it. Uh, one thing we do see is Cyborg has these gross uh, vestigial robot arm things coming out of his back just going like yeah he's got extra arms it's very gross it makes me want to (laughs) barf it was not great but is that in both of them or is that just in one that's only in the snyder cut okay the whedon cut does not have gross cyborg arms yeah i think i do prefer Um, that So the next thing that happens is we have Cyborg explaining where the boxes come from, which has, is more extensive in the Snyder Cut, where we actually see that the, the Nazis discovering the box under a monastery. Do we see Nazis? Yeah. Did I miss that? Oh, God. Nazis in World War II. Cool. Uh, and then the Pentagon, when we defeat the Nazis, gets the box and keeps it in the archive. And then Cyrus uh, steals it, finds to the bring box his son. because he's like, "I'm working on this spa- alien spaceship. I'll get the box." Unnecessary backstory. 
He could have just had it. For no reason. Yeah. Uh, very stupid that we find all that out. Also, I noticed Aquaman is wearing a scarf. So did he wear that to swim? Yeah, I don't or know. Or did he borrow a scarf from Batman? Yes. I mean, Batman definitely has a scarf. Are you kidding me? I'm not saying he doesn't, but why would he give it to Aquaman? Because he's trying to woo him over to his side. He'll give him $30,000 and any scarf he wants uh, if he fights with him. You know, David? Like, uh, I see. <laughs> uh, so in the, in the Whedon cut, I think by this point we've introduced the Russian family in Russiaville. Yes. And we've, we've set up now the dome around Russiaville, mm-hmm. or maybe that comes a little bit later. But we've established that that Wolfie is living in Russiaville, and there's also families living in Russiaville, whereas in the Snyder Cut, it's an abandoned town because it's been Chernobyled. Um, Which wasn't whatever. clear to me, though, also in the Snyder Cut. Why? Yeah, there was a line of dialogue about it. Oh, was there? I must have missed it. Okay. Uh, it was the, the, like it's so boring. I just missed it. Like right, the the weirdest possible scenes occur next. The uh, the scene where they're discussing like to resurrect Superman in the Snyder cut. They all just like they 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 explain that the box can undo entropy and bring things back to life. Yeah, and they explain that for a really long time, and then everyone just simultaneously agrees. To bring back Superman. Yeah. And literally Cyborg, like, projects a little hologram of Superman going, oh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really corny. In celebration of their mutual agreement. Now, I don't know if it's better or worse, because it makes more sense that they would argue about it, I think. Mm-hmm. But it it's also an unnecessary conflict that just gets in the way of the plot moving forward. So... But, like, for, for how long? It doesn't even get in the way for that long, especially when you're I know, but that makes it even more extraneous. Like, you could just take it out and nothing's lost. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's something that's well, kind no, of clearly. offensive to me about about them arguing, no, we can't bring Superman back. Yes, we can bring Superman back. No, we can't. Yes, we can. Uh, repeat. It, it bothers me a lot in the Whedon cut. Okay. I It did not that's bother me saying. because, again... By this point, I, in, I, I in, think that's totally reasonable. Let me just say, just, like I, at know. this point in the in the Snyder Cut, we are you know two hours in, maybe already at this point. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think probably yeah. Two and hours. we're only an hour in to the. So I still right. have. I mean, I think patience, it's more. It's forgivable, but I just think to spare. Like if we <laughs> have to pick one. The Whedon, please. Like, sure. I, I just I just think it's a dumb conflict. Because it's like, we know they're going to bring Superman back. It was in the trailers. I mean, duh, they're going to bring it's Superman unnecessary. back. I mean, duh, they're going to bring Superman back. Of course there's oh, going to be Oh, and this someone... is exactly what you said you didn't like about, so Wonder Woman leaves and then comes back. <laughs> like, Wait, five minutes she? later. Yeah. Oh, you're right. So, Damn. silly. Very silly. That was uh, silly. But then we have the, probably the most baffling scene in the Snyder Cut, I, I would say, which is Martha, Martha Kent shows up to Lois's house, and we have va- basically the same scene that we had earlier in the office, but 
like you said, more focused on how the loss of 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 Clark totally broke Lois's soul. Right, and like uh, the desaturated color palette is just so overbearing. I here. think there's more pathos to it, which I, which I personally enjoy. But I, it's th- so that Hallmark. pathos, it's a little hallmark. But the pathos to me is undercut so much and overshadowed so much by Martha leaving and then her eyes glowing red as she shapeshifts into the Martian Manhunter. It's Jean Jean, baby! It's so good in its stupidity. And also, he doesn't, like, look like anything. Like, if you didn't know who the Martian Manhunter was, like, he doesn't look like a hero or, like, a... You know, he doesn't, I'm, I'm, yeah, he's got the X, he's got the cape, he's got the green, he's, he's got everything, but the color is a little off because the color's always off. And so it's hard to tell exactly who he is and he hasn't been set up in any of the other media at all. Well, no, but then he turns into the, the, the captain, the military guy, right? And then you're like, oh, But then that's also confusing. So was he the military guy from, from, uh, Batman v Superman the whole time? That's what you assume, right? But that's why. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And that's how he knows Lois. But, (laughs) but why would he then shapeshift into Martha? Was he Martha the whole time? (laughs) Is that why, you know, Ma and Pa Kent didn't have any kids before Clark? Oh my god. It's just wild. It's one of the wildest decisions I've ever seen. And it's to set up a movie that will never probably happen now. Or at least I don't know if it will. Um, Okay, and then we have the resurrecting Superman scene. Uh, But before that, we have... Part five, all the king's men, and we have two different grave robbing scenes. Any preference? I mean, I I I like different the, jokey jokes. The is the Whedon one the one that doesn't objectify Wonder Woman, or is that the Snyder one? Because in one of them, he's I like, will lay it out. I will lay it out right now. Okay. The Snyder Cut, the Snyder Cut, it's focused on Wonder Woman and Aquaman, and they have a conversation that's sort of like the uh, the um, the scene from Lord of the Rings where the elf and the dwarf are like, <laughs> never thought I never I'd thought die, I'd die <laughs> side by side with an Atlantean. Uh, right, so they right. do that weird it's, bit. It's fine. It's whatever. I didn't hear uh, it. It's fine. It's extraneous. It means nothing. Yeah. Uh, and then. They cut to uh, Barry and and Cyborg, and Barry says, uh, I could dig this out in, like, a second, but I feel like it would be sacrilegious. Um, and then Cyborg's like, that's dumb. And then uh, the Flash is like, do you think that uh, Wonder Woman would date a younger man? And uh, yeah. Cyborg's like, like, she's a thousand years old. Every man is a younger man. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the Snyder cut. Yeah. With the weird jokey jokes. Yeah. And then in um in the Joss Whedon cut, it's it feels very shoehorned in, even though it's a scene that already existed. It it's it's weird. It feels like they're adding in dialogue even though it's the same amount of it's less dialogue. Right. Uh, anyway, the point being it's a weird scene where they're talking about how they're the accidents. 
like, I was struck by lightning. Yeah. You died in an explosion, not a car crash for whatever reason. Sure. that's diff- That's the same. We're not born with superpowers. We got them elsewhere. So now we have a bond. And then Joss Whedon makes a weird joke where he's like, bump it. Oh, yeah. sorry, I can't. It's racially charged. It's... As if, as if bumping it has had any, like, racial connotation for the last, like, ten years. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess it, it has a racial connotation. It has a history. Yes. But, uh... But, I mean, everyone bumps it. No one doesn't right. bump it. Yeah. No, it's very weird. It's very out of place. I don't think I prefer it to, like, the Wonder Woman joke. I just hate both of them. <laughs> I hate them both. I would cut I would cut both of them. But the point was, in the, uh, in the Snyder Cut, we have also scenes of of Cyborg digging up his mother's grave to, or his own grave to get the box. So there's an excessive amount of grave digging. Yes. In, uh, the I Snyder don't, cut. I don't also understand why he was just like, I'm going to go bury this in my mom's grave. Cause it's not safe here because it's glowing and vibrating. But why is it more safe there than anywhere else? And like, cause it's underground. They won't be able to find it. I don't know. I, I'll buy that. I just think it's an excessive number of grave digging scenes. I agree. So they it's dig cool. up Superman's body and they go to sneak into the thing. One of the scenes takes much longer than the other one. I'll give you yeah. two. I'll two, give you two guesses. Which one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The uh, we we have we have more extensive scenes of inside Star Labs, where Cyrus sees Cyborg breaking in with Superman's body, and he's like, "Okay, I'll clear out the rest of the scientists who weren't right. scared off by the alarm." Right. So it's like a recognition thing, but it's not really necessary. No. They go down. They do a baptism in Zod's ship, and then. Both- shot which i you know is a Zack snyder thing so i guess whedon was just working with what he had yeah but like where you know there's the picture of uh his dad pa Kent. yeah yeah and it falls into the golden goo and it's very weird and over dramatic it's right. bizarre it's over dramatic but the the fact that it looks so much like a baptism that, that you're like dunking his body under and it's a guy with a huge beard he's like john the baptist yeah you know it's like it's so over this the symbology, and then uh, my brother pointed out that the that Flash does the the touch of creation, oh, yeah. you know, Fred. and it's, yeah. the religious imagery is so overt, um, and that's a very Snydery thing. But of course, it had to carry over into the Whedon one. What didn't carry over into the Whedon one is Cyborg gets a f- vision of the future if he resurrects Superman. And it includes Wonder Woman dead and her body being uh, cremated ceremonially and Darkseid showing up and shooting his Omega laser beams at all the Atlanteans. Right. And this is all just foreshadowing for a future movie, I guess, which they already did in Batman v Superman. And I've, you know, I I hated it then that there's so much... uh, so much foreshadowing of future movies instead of focusing on the movie that you have. Right, there's like I, I don't no get it. plot for this movie. 
it's all just set yeah, up it's, for something later. You know, my, my brother only showed up because he liked the apocalypse-looking scenes uh, at the end of the trailer. That was why he wanted to watch with me. And then he found out that was just a post-credit scene that was a dream sequence foreshadowing a future movie. So uh, it's dumb. It's yeah. dumb, dumb thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we've resurrected this thing. Meanwhile, we're also cutting to Lois Lane going and visiting the uh the 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 memorial like she does every day and giving the coffee to the guy and mm-hmm. you know so at least that we're explaining why she's there because in the Whedon cut she's not already there right she but... shows up because Alfred sends like a car to pick her up that we don't see uh, right so that when so that when Batman says we're bringing in the big gun <laughs> Alfred is organizing a drop off of Lois Lane yeah <laughs> so that's that's the difference is she shows up of her own free will in the Snyder Cut, but it yeah. requires more setup because you have to set it up. Yeah. I I um, don't hate it in the Whedon Cut. Like, it's fine. No, I, I think it's weird that he keeps calling her the big gun. Sure, I'll <laughs> agree with you there. And I think it's a little bit less dramatic to think that it was his plan to have her show up rather than it being like a lucky break for them. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it makes a huge difference. I I, I think if you are, if you're working with a smaller amount of time and you don't have time to set up, why is Lois there? I I think that's fine. Okay. So then the next thing that we have is the giant laser to show that Superman has been resurrected and then the box just flies up and this is in both versions just lands on a car now in the Snyder version instead of just being left there on that car for like 20 minutes we have uh, Cyrus grabs it and takes it to go hide it Mm -hmm. so I liked that change sure I mean it it, it costs nothing it costs you no time to just explain Wait, where's the box? You just lose track of the box in the Whedon version, I think. Yeah, um, which is, I yeah, I don't care about the box. It's a MacGuffin right. anyway. Uh, but one thing I think is silly in the Snyder version is all of our focus on this cop that's Lois's friend. Oh my gosh. And is he safe? Is he safe from Superman? And he just keeps hanging out there <laughs> instead of running away because, you know, he's on duty. He's got to yeah. he's got to protect, <laughs> serve and protect. Yup, yup. That's, uh, that's it. Okay, so uh, this is like a big difference, I think, in these scenes is the confrontation between Superman and Batman once we realize that Superman is evil. Because up to that point, up to, the, up to the confrontation between Superman and Batman, it's almost the same scene, right? Yeah, it's pretty much identical. Right, but that's up until the confrontation between Superman and Batman, where we then have the super close-up on his CGI lips in the Whedon version. I didn't see Where super... they've covered up his mustache. I don't know. I'm sure it's noticeable. I was not paying enough attention to notice Yeah, that. no, I understand that. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that it would have bothered people as much if it hadn't been reported on as right. much. I think the, one of the biggest failures of the Whedon cut, the theatrical cut, was... The PR right. was terrible for it. They yeah. did nothing to cover up all the studio meddling yeah. and make it seem like a cohesive product. Yeah. But anyway, uh, he also does some weird things where he's like talking. Like, I'm pretty sure in the in, in the Snyder Cut, he doesn't talk at all during that whole thing. 
Did you hear yeah. him say anything? No, he doesn't. And then that's why but, Lois has the line later that's like, you spoke. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the first time he speaks. Yeah. But that makes a lot more sense to me because it's like he's resurrected. He's almost like an animal, you know? Right. He's he, the like, tabula rasa, you know? Like, his, yeah. His memories haven't come back yet. And he's just reacting to danger. Mm-hmm. He senses danger. And he can't control his powers even. He can, you know, he can't control his x-ray vision. But in this one, he's like evil. In the Whedon cut, he's like evil. Yeah. He's, he has no soul or something. Because yeah, he goes with the Batman and he's like, do you bleed? Oh my God. You won't let me die. Here's the thing. It's, it was so dramatic though. I'm like, this seems like it would have been in the Snyder cut. Like. I know, but it's not. It's like it's he's not. trying to guess what Snyder would do, but Snyder already did a movie. Right. Like it's, it's very bizarre. Strange. Um, okay, but yeah, I think that's one of the worst changes that, that Whedon made. Uh, yeah. Because it's also just an in-joke reference to an old, uh, to a different movie. Um, I did have, uh, uh, you know, a vision once that uh, Joss Whedon would do a theatrical cut of, of uh, Batman v Superman, where when B- Batman says, do you bleed, Superman then goes... Red, white, and blue, brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then gives him a bro hug. America! <laughs> wow! That was my vision of it, but I guess that's not what he saw. Uh, but anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. I think that takes us almost to part six. But first we have... Um, First, we have the scene where Cyrus dies, where he takes the the box into his lab to try and blast it with an X-ray. You think, I think at the moment, you're supposed to think that he's trying to destroy the box. Yeah. But he's not. He's marking it with an X-ray tag. But in order to do it, he has to lock himself in a glass cage of emotion. But he doesn't have to. He could have stepped outside of the glass cage. But he chooses to. But he chooses to. And he shoots himself with a laser, and it seems to just kind of disintegrate him. Yeah, and he, Cyborg is like, no! He melts and it's real gross. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's, like, I think it's okay to, to kill him. I just think it's a dumb way to kill him. I know that you don't like that he dies. I um, mean, I, I think that it is both a dumb way to kill him and it's dumb that he dies. But I, I just think parental deaths are overdone yeah. and boring. And it, it feels really pointless at the moment because then Wolfie gets the box and then he's got all three boxes and it's like, oh, well, he dies in one version, doesn't die in the other version. It seems like everything's the same. Right. And then it's like, oh, he has to track it with the x-rays. But knowing that in the Whedon version, he just tracks it because he can sense its energy. But then the question then has to get raised. Well, why doesn't he track the other two boxes the same way? You know, it becomes complicated. Right, but, like, they weren't trying to get the other two boxes before this. Right, but why weren't they? You know, it's like, because well, they they were like, okay, well, we have this one box. We're going to use it to resurrect Superman. Wait, why don't we try and go find the other two boxes to stop him from activating them or maybe try and steal them back? Because they can't do it without Superman, David. Okay, whatever. I think the whole thing of resurrecting Superman is, like, a weird, just, we have to do this because people want to see Superman. Because Jesus. So, yeah. I mean, they're both really messy movies. I don't think there's anyone who's saying that they're not. Um, sure. I agree with you. <laughs> um, 
yeah, okay, so dies. then we've got part six, something darker. And we have the two different Smallville scenes where Superman, having been calmed by the beauty, the beast being calmed by the beauty that is Lois Lane, they fly off to their honeymoon suite on, on small, in Smallville. Yeah. Um... And uh, where the where the house is being foreclosed, but, so. But also in both versions, Lois has like pre-called. Oh no, that happens in like a an after scene. Never mind. Objection rescinded. Mm. Um, I was gonna it's be like, confusing. what? When did Lois call call Martha? They just flew there, but they go in the house and like get him a shirt and whatever. So. It's fine. Yeah, they go in the house and they get a shirt, and then there's like a six-second scene of just panning out of the house over to a swing because that was really important to include. Very artsy. What does the swing represent, Anna? It represents what I wish I was doing instead of watching this movie. Um, right. So, because they don't know where Superman went, but at least they nullified him, now they're like, we have to go stop Steppenwolf, even though we could have done that before, but we wanted to resurrect Superman first anyway, for no reason. Um, so th- this is kind of like the, the deal in both movies. is like they just kind of forget about Superman for a minute. We're going to go. Uh, and this, this brings us into the climax of the film, right? Which goes on yes. forever. So In both versions. But way more in Snyder. Absolutely way more in Snyder, but uh, but I think it make, takes up like almost like the same proportion of the movie in both films. I would say you're probably correct about that. Uh, not quite. I think I think there's definitely more movie to climax in the Snyder cut, but uh, still just excessively long in both for the runtime. I guess, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the, like, they fly again, over. Like, Batman's <laughs> driving around in his Batmobile, shooting bugs. They take down the dome. They yeah. they just run around fighting bugs for like but twenty minutes. Isn't there like a big difference in what um, like Barry's task is in yes. Snyder versus versus Whedon? Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, explicate that right so like in the snyder version so like there's like this whole like flash's whole thing is that you know he's got the rule about if he goes close to light like close to the speed of light or past the speed of light you know time gets wonky and weird and he like messes with things um which we've already seen him break the rule once with uh resurrecting superman which doesn't happen in the weekend version he just does it the first time um right this is also apparently a big fan thing, that they like that he does things with time because fans are stupid. I've said it before, I'll say it again. People who like things are dumb and people who don't like things are smart. Oh um, my gosh. It's not true, I'm, I'm messing with you. But I don't, I don't like just the obsession with anything with time travel or time dilation is good. I mean, I, don't I, like that. I agree. I think there are fun flash stories that happen because of like time dilation and whatever. I think it's entirely yeah. extraneous to the movie at hand <laughs> um, and yeah. did not need to be here. But yeah, I so mean, he- I thought what was going to happen was that the three boxes were going to get put together. They would completely fail. And then we'd get the post-apocalypse scene from the trailer with the Joker in it. Right. And then he would time travel back from that. 
Right. To the point in the movie where he saves them. So if you reorder that, that might be like a cool sort of thing but it would be it would be time consuming but uh, <laughs> it would be time consuming but we're at four hours already consume some time whatever you know like yeah but yeah in 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 the snyder version he's got to touch the box again he's got to do another michelangelo creation zappy of man thing creation of adam thing right but he's got to uh, go and, super fast and they have to take down the right. shield and like he, you know, he's got to time it perfectly. And, of course, his right. timing gets messed up because he gets shot in the side, which honestly makes more sense in the Snyder version than seeing him get shot in the side randomly in the uh, Whedon version. Like, that... Right, it just means it, nothing in the Whedon version. It just version. didn't need to happen in the Whedon version. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, the, the Flash's whole thing in, in the Whedon version is he's got to save that Russian family that we've connected to so much throughout the film. Yep. Though I do like the, I mean, here's the thing. Do you like Superman in the Snyder version or the Whedon version, David? No. No in both. Okay. <laughs> See, I was, I kind of liked the Superman in the Whedon version. I did not like. Because he's a little more Don, you know, like the the seventies Superman kind of sure. cheesy. The golden boy. Yeah. You know, he's the but like, he's the boy scout. He's he saves a whole building full of people. Right, which like you like I don't know. That's a fun dynamic. That's why it exists in media. Is because like Yeah, I just I I'm not a big Superman fan on a good day, I think. But I so think that right Superman But here's the thing. I think that Superman at least has like a little bit of a personality and like the Zack Snyder one is just like I think the I think the, the the forcing him to have a personality like because Henry Cavill is not a great actor and can't really convey I think he did fine. character I didn't like it <laughs> I didn't like it I didn't like it uh, at all and I, I I almost prefer him to be a silent brooding god in just the fact that at least it's easier to act uh, because he doesn't I, have to do anything. I don't know. I thought it was fine. <laughs> he just I liked, punches. I liked, He's just a punch guy. I liked the competitiveness between the Flash and Superman. Like, I think it's fun. Did nothing for me. I, but I, see, I, I grant it. But I liked that in, like, the animated series and, like, Justice League growing up, you know, like, that they have the whole episode where they race around the world or whatever and... You know, it's 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 yeah. fun. Like, why not? I'm watching this movie for fun. Put fun in. Right. Thank you. Comment commenting on uh, some of the differences. Uh, Aquaman in both versions, he says Yahoo and my man, <laughs> but only in one version does he say Yaya, uh, in kind of a southern sort of style, uh, and that is the the Whedon version. So I'm just keeping track of how. Southern, our bro-y. country boy is. How broy he is. How bro country he is. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'll, I and then will the say Batmobile. In the in the Batmobile the... plays a big alarm from the first scene. Remember that? Yeah. Where the alarm attracts bugs. Yeah. Whereas in the Snyder cut, bugs are attracted to killing. Yes. Batman. Yeah. Which makes just as much sense. So it was an unnecessary addition. But anyway, <laughs> what were you saying? Well, I was also going to say, we, we haven't mentioned that 
um, the, like, parademons, the bugs in the Whedon version, have, like, this weird sticky green ooze on them that they, like, emit for some reason. And, like, is there blood? They, they ooze in the in the Whedon version and the Snyder version, right? No? no, in the Snyder version, there is no green icky ooze. It's, like, it's oh. very cartoonish in the Whedon version. And I totally am with people who are, like... What the fuck is this? But were the were there two different kinds of bugs in the Snyder version? Um, no. Did you notice that like at one point like the design like totally changes? In the Whedon version? No, in the Snyder version. In the Snyder version? Like in one scene they look one way, and another scene they look a different way. Am I crazy? I mean, All you right, might... I'll have to look it up later. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. I just, I feel like there was one scene where they have, like, weird bug legs, and then one scene where they have, like, human legs and arms, uh, and I don't know. Maybe they're supposed to be, like, different species transformed into parademons, because they said parademons are made out of dead, dead guy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the final conflict, uh, we separate the boxes, right? And then we gotta kill Steppenwolf in both yeah. versions? yeah. And then he just he just kind of generically dies and explodes in the Whedon version. No, and he then, gets like he gets like all attacked because they smell he's getting his ass kicked by the Justice right, League. And right. so the, the parademons smell fear. And so they smell right. his fear. So and they dumb because that's their also master. only in the Whedon version. Oh, it's so stupid. Uh, I don't but know. they're both stupid. It's stupid. They're both stupid because... It's uh, stupid, but I liked it. I don't know. I was like, oh, okay. just yeah. bring it back. I, I think that's fine. And then in the Snyder version, they just fucking decapitate him because it's the Snyder version. It's, I will say, it is a dope-ass moment for Wonder Woman. Just like... It's dope, and the fact that it's completely like... They don't even question it. No. They don't even question it. Superman, his like, his like big cry when he snapped Zod's neck... Uh, or Batman feeling really guilty he's, for getting Superman killed. He's not related to the killing and decapitating this random guy. Yes, because <laughs> because David. Uh, he's bad. He's bad. First of all, um, and second of all, Superman's wearing black now. He's like edgy. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, that's from the comics. That that's yeah, that's but a like thing from the it's like. He's like dark Superman. He's not like a good guy, good boy anymore. No, he's a good guy. He's good. He's, he's still like a good, good guy. but he he's a good guy, but he's a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh weird, you know, weird differences, but ultimately I think both climaxes equally disappointing and boring. Uh, I don't the, know. They're they're fine. I was this was honestly a more exciting part of the movie than most of it for me and the. No, yeah, version. but a climax to me is supposed to be really good, and I think for the majority of the the the, the decade, the last decade, all of our big blockbusters have had really piss poor climaxes. Okay. Like the Avengers movies climaxes are terrible. I think the this is terrible. Every big a million people versus a bunch of drones, I find them obnoxious. They're so not character based. They're not uh, they're so not plot interesting. They're they're just 
They're just punch, 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 punch. But, like, it's a comic book. They want the punch, punch, punch. I know, but there are comic book movies where the climax is not punch, 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 but it's learning to work together and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I still think that one of the best superhero movies that has come out while I've been alive is The Incredibles, (laughs) where they fight a big robot, yes, but they do it in interesting ways. That's true. That's fair. So Uh, I'm just trying to hold them to higher standard, that's all. Holding you to the standards that The Incredibles set. To incredible standards. Um, <laughs> okay, so, I mean, the, the only thing that, that, that I think maybe puts the Snyder Cut uh, fight scene over the top is the, the you know, Barry time travel and then saying, Dad, I was one of the greats. I was, I was one a of contender. the best. <laughs> I was a contender. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's cute. I think it's a good oh, end I to hate his it. arc. It's dumb. I think it's, I think it's fine. Take um, go home. And then we see, we see uh, Darkseid who kickstops his rolling head. And then crushes it. But then crushes then, it. Like, yeah, doesn't yeah, give a does. shit, you know? Right, well, that's, that's the whole thing about simps is uh, they'll never get it. No. They'll never get dommed by Darkseid the daddy. It <laughs> uh, doesn't happen. And then, then the movie just sort of ends with a big pose where... Posing, but it's really... in the Whedon cut. There's flowers grow. Yeah, the Whedon cut. The flowers are terrible, and the CGI is very bad. I, I like the flowers. I thought the C- that fine. was the worst CGI in the whole movie. It may be bad CGI. It was really. It was bad. probably a last minute effect. Um, uh, so then the epilogue, which is only in the well, well, the... wait. I gotta say the Snyder posing. Oh, yeah. I did not like. I thought it was very dumb. It's like... It's, it's for the fans. Fans like it. That's fine. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you. Uh, the epilogue. In the in the Whedon cut, we have two post-credit scenes. We have... Yes. We have... Uh, I'm putting a team together of bad guys. Mm-hmm. Luthor was not in prison. It was some other bald guy. <laughs> And then he's putting together a team of bad men. And then in the in the Snyder Cut, we have that same scene. But then he's like, hey, Deathstroke, who nobody knows. Nobody in the audience knows who Deathstroke I is. I didn't know who Deathstroke was. And he, I know you do. Here's the thing. People who watch Teen Titans know and people who watch the Arrowverse know. So That's a good point. I didn't think I didn't think of the Arrowverse, but my dad did not know who that was and was yeah. like, is that Deadpool? You know. <laughs> it does I assume look that's like what Deadpool. half the country I assume that's what half the country will say is, what is that? Is that Deadpool? Yeah. Uh, but then he's like Batman's name is Bruce Wayne and Deadpool's like, I mean uh, Deathstroke is like, hmm. And so that's going to be the next movie that will never come out. And then the other next movie that will never come out, which is only in the Snyder Cut, is Joker Scene. It's so dumb. I loved it. It, In its stupidness. I mean... It went on for so long. Boy, howdy. It went on forever. And, like... Like, just the longer it goes, the more ridiculous it is. The more I was cracking up. And, like... I mean, I thought it was insane. And just, like, the camera work specifically when it was on the Joker... Zoomed in, shaky cam. Like, literally, it's like like a close-up in shaky cam with dust particles 
going in front of the screen. Right, but then there's, blah, like, blah, blah. blurring effects happening, too, yeah. and you're just yeah. like... And, yeah, and light <laughs> is hitting the lens. There's there's lens flares. Like, it's crazy. I felt One like of the I wildest was, framings I've ever seen. I felt like I was drunk, but only during those shots, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so then you've got... They establish that, all right, it's the future. There's no explanation for why we're in the future. Batman is, and also this is like a scene that was done in Batman v Superman, so I'm just explaining that for context for you, that he had a dream sequence identical to this, oh. but without all of the other superheroes, oh. it was just him and Superman yes, and wait. the parademons. There is also one line earlier in the movie that's like, um, hey, I like Wonder Woman walks up to Batman, who's just like sitting there like, oh, and she's like, what is it, Bruce? And he's like, I just had the... Strangest sensation, like Barry Allen just said that Lois is the key. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and it comes out of nowhere. It's not relevant to anything. The only thing it's relevant to is the fact that there's this alternate timeline that has been created. And like, that was in this movie? Yes! That's in the fucking. Because they did it also in Batman v Superman, except for. Oh, wow, wow. This is so wild. I don't understand any of this. It's but anyway, uh, I totally missed that scene. You'll it's have to in, give me a timestamp later. Yeah, it's in the Snyder Cut, though. I guarantee you. Because I was like, okay, okay, so Lois is the key. But, like, this was after they had already revived Superman. So I was kind of like, yeah. okay, so, like, we're fine, though. Like, it's the key because in this future timeline that may be an alternate timeline, but we don't know... Lois dies and Superman becomes evil and yeah. joins Darkseid, who then takes over the Earth and then kills Aquaman and Wonder Woman. But Flash is okay. Mira has replaced Aquaman on the team. Cyborg which I'm sure all the people who hate Amber Heard will be very upset if that comes to pass. Uh, Deathstroke has joined them. And then... Papa Joker's on the team. Wait, no, but then there's also, like, another... No, 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 the Flash isn't still alive. It's a different Flash. No, the Flash, Flash. is still there. No, it's, no, it's not different. It's not? It's not different. Same guy. Same guy. It was still Ezra Miller? And, uh, it really looked like I think he like might have Sebast CGI face. It really looked like Sebastian Stan. Yeah, I think he's, like, he's, like, gridded up, and I think he might have a CGI face. Okay. But, um, but yeah, it's still Ezra Miller, and uh, Cyborg is there as well. With, like, a weird hunchback. Because um, <laughs> he's got a gun on his back, but yeah. he hides it. Anyway, uh, the Joker. The Joker is great. I love Jared Leto Joker. He's so campy. He's so not, like... He's so not a good actor. Yeah. He's, like, not Heath Ledger at all. Uh, but it's great. Because he's able to just do goofy shit that Heath Ledger maybe couldn't even get away with. Like, saying... I'm your best friend, Batman. I give you a reach around. Uh... <laughs> it's just so He's dumb. crazy. I and love uncomfortable. Him. And it just went on for so, so long. And then Superman shows up and he's evil. And I'm like, that's it. Um, and that's it. Uh, Bruce Wayne saves the family farm. He buys back the bank that took Martha's house in both epilogues. And Clark's like, thanks, buddy. Um, yep. And then finally we have the Martian Manhunter showing up and saying... David, this is my I'm putting together a team. <laughs> this is my favorite scene because there is a moment 
where Bruce and the Martian Manhunter are just like, okay, so uh, you'll join my team? Cool. What's your name? And he's like, yeah, I'll join your team. There are some who call me... But then there is six... Martian Manhunter. No, 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 David. There is six full seconds of silence. I want both of us to not talk for six seconds, okay? One, two, three. That was a long time. That was a long time. Like, (laughs) and then he's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm the Martian Manhunter." Like, it's so awkward. Like, why? Yeah. Why? I don't know. And why? Why? You know, couldn't they CGI him to look not like he was was so skinny? Like he lost all that weight. What? Uh, Bruce. Bruce. He he's so skinny in that scene. He looks about a hundred pounds lighter. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. I... Uh, yeah. So that's the end. And then in the weed and cut, you have one more post-credit scene where Bab- or Superman and the Flash race. Yeah. And it's a reference. I get it. It's cute. It's not funny. I don't know. I thought it was cute. It's cute. It's whatever. Uh, it's just not like you know they're not doing anything with it. They're literally just here's something you might remember. Right, but, like, also, I mean, they're not doing anything with all the team posing. Like. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. Here's the thing. Um, I, I have so much patience for all of the bullshit. Like, it doesn't really add anything, but doesn't hurt anything stuff that Joss Whedon does. Because his movie is a watchable length. And I have no patience for it with Zack Snyder because he made me sit there for I think four that's hours, totally legitimate. And it was very I, I think it makes total sense. Uh, so we've gone on for a pretty long time now. This is one of our longer pods, I think. Yup, it's two and uh, a half hours. <laughs> I say we just we just wrap it yeah. and leave it on an unsatisfying conclusion, much like both of these films. To be continued? Never. Potentially in the longer cut, the Snyder Cut's coming out. Mm-hmm. So we, we didn't really reach any conclusions, but I think that's fine. I think it's all about the experience with these. It's yeah. all about the hype. These, whether this movie makes money or not, it succeeded in driving traffic to HBO Max. Yes. And driving controversy and getting people to write think pieces about it. Mm-hmm. And so we're just adding to that. You know, we can't control it. Yeah. We can't tell you this is bad and therefore a failure. This is bad and therefore a success. Right. And also I had a lot of fun. Yeah. So in that way, it's not it's not bad. It's in fact good. I and mean, I, love it. I I will enjoy this experience for the fact that it made me enjoy one. I watched a Justice League movie and enjoyed it, so that was yeah good. Even if a it, one of them you enjoyed, yeah, and then I the other one you enjoyed hating. Maybe maybe not, but I certainly did it, and I'm proud of my accomplishment. And I just enjoyed all of it. I thought it was an insane fucking experience to watch both of these. Uh, All right. Catch y'all later. We're going to have more talking tropes coming for you. We're going to have more standing Stanley Tucci. You know you love us. Catch you on the flippity flip.